Hey guys, Ian here with another episode of Unleash and Unhinged, the podcast where we talk about all things dog. Dog training, dog behaviour, dog health, literally anything you can think about when it comes to dogs, we'll talk about on here. We hope you enjoy the episode. Testing your growler. Um, that's the topic. Uh, testing your growler? No, yeah. have you got a growler? It's not even the topic. Got it wrong. Classic. Testing <laughs> your growler. Don't, don't do that. Jesus. <laughs> we will have an adult conversation, right. unlike last week, about growlers. <laughs> so, um, have you got a big growler? Have you got a big growler? That was meant to be my opening line. Well, you got that wrong. Yeah. Growling. It is really, again, one of these behaviours that seems to be really misunderstood. People don't like it when their dogs grow. No. Typically. <laughs> well, because it's, it's instantly it's considered um, a negative behaviour. So if a dog growls, obviously this is context dependent, if a dog growls when someone goes to put uh, stupidly goes to put their hand in a dog's bowl. Um, it has been deemed that the dog is a bad dog. Don't do Yeah, don't growl, mate. Yeah. Um, don't put your hand in your dog's food, food bowl, yeah. please. Um, and if he growls? And if he growls, that's information. That is... that. He's perfectly entitled to do it, is what I want to say on the matter. <laughs> yes. Right, it would be like if I, you and I went to dinner and I put tape over your mouth and strapped your hands behind you, put your, put your burger and your chips because you love burgers, put your burger and chips in front of you and then just started eating your chips in front of you and your face would explode. Yeah, I wouldn't be very happy about it. But I'm taking all of your ability to communicate that to me and just going, well, you're not saying anything so I'm just going to eat. I mean, I wouldn't eat your burger. I'd get someone no. else to eat it for me, but that takes away all of your communication. But by the time I take off the the muzzle and untie you, you're going to lose your mind. Yeah. That's it. Like, a ground is then communicating, I'm uncomfortable with what's happening. Mm. And because of the misunderstanding that growling is bad, is... We will, we will get to that. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a great question. Mm, very good. Um, yeah, that misunderstanding that growling is inherently bad and dogs shouldn't do it, uh, it kind of ignores the dog's point of view. Like, it, it's like you don't get to have feelings on the matter because you communicate them with, with growling. Well, it just it just says you don't have get to have feelings. Mm. Like how you feel and your thoughts um, and what your needs are don't matter in this situation. Um, so we we just taking everything away from from the dog to have the ability to say that they're uncomfortable, which means that next time they're not going to say it, they'll just do it. I think people think it's an act of war, don't they? They're like. They're like, this dog is... Oh, that crap. Challenging me. Challenging me. And 
the reality is, and this is the truth of it, it is a threat, but, I mean, they're feeling... You, you make a threat if you feel threatened. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, if you feel threatened, and, and it's all... I, you'll hear us say this so often, it's context-dependent. Yeah. So if a dog is in a particular environment or context and a human or another dog or an, another animal does something, your dog then growls, it is information for us to go, okay, hang on a minute, Yeah. that dog's not okay. So they are saying to me or the other dog, I'm not okay, I need some help. If we don't then acknowledge them and treat them like the living, feeling being that they are, then they're going to have no other choice but intensify their behaviour because we're not listening to them. Mm, their needs aren't being met. The needs aren't being met, but also this you know, idea that we should be able to do whatever we like with the dog and they have absolutely no right to tell us that they're not okay. Yeah. Um, it's a load of crap. It is a load of crap, but it's... But it, 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 it's it's really common. It is really common, but the thing is, eventually the dog's going to be screaming at yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Still going to tell you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. not going to go away. No. You know that's why you do end up with you know people getting bitten or dogs being surrendered and and all this sort of stuff because eventually the dog is screaming like, "Oh my dear good God!" So what, what you're saying is by by shutting the dog's growl down. You don't actually change how the dog feels about the situation. He's just learned not to communicate that way. Mm. So he's going to communicate another way somehow. That, how that looks is really dependent on the individual. And some dogs might just completely suppress everything, which is really sad and too often gets labelled like a good dog. But um, they're at the other end of the scale is they just become nuclear and they're like, growling didn't work like you and going crazy. But that'll, if you continue to suppress behaviour, it will come out somewhere. Yeah. Right? It's it's not like it's, okay, you're going to stop doing that and it doesn't come out somewhere else. So you're trying to put lava back in the volcano <laughs> while it's bubbling at the bottom. It's not just going to go, oh, well, you've chucked it all back in the top, so I just should rest for another 150 <laughs> years. It's going to bubble, 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 and then explode somewhere else. So when you're saying, like, the nuclear dog, they're the dogs that are deemed, oh, my God, they attacked out of nowhere. Mm. We never saw that coming. Whereas there is so much evidence to say, yeah, you did. Yeah. There was there were... There were subtle things of, like, them trying to avoid the stress but probably got ignored or misunderstood, like... I put my face towards Otis and he will push his face into mine, lick, and then take a step back. And the amount of people that would misunderstand that as a kiss. Yeah. Whereas he's, that, that's a kiss to dismiss. That's a, mate, your face is really close to mine and I'm weirded out, go away. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like that is a, that's a, that's not a kiss. That's another really subtle warning. But if that got ignored, he would potentially escalate to growling well yeah and this is i mean when we started off with growling we will get back to your question about um growling during play but it's when we're talking about signals from dogs 
every movement they make is a function mm. and motivated by something. And, and we're, we're bracketing, like, not just movements, but growling as a behavior. So every behavior. Breathing and, and is a behavior. Yeah, and growling is a behavior. Blinking is a behavior. Yeah. So when we're looking at dogs and when we think of, you know, if a dog is feeling, then we can't 100% definitively say what a dog is feeling because we can't be inside of them. I can't tell you how you're feeling. I can make an assumption by what I see and your response to things I say and do, but I can't be 100% about that. No. So when we're looking at a dog and we see things like a dog stops blinking, goes from blinking to stops blinking, a dog that goes from breathing to holding their breath, a dog that goes from holding their breath to suddenly panting. Looking you know, at you to looking away, that sort of thing. All of every ears that are neutral to suddenly flicking somewhere else, it, that is information that the brain has been diverted and focused into something else. Mm. And when we don't take notice of these little things, and I'm not saying that you should sit there and watch your dog like this. <laughs> I mean, you could. <laughs> but when we are putting dogs in situations we as as caregivers that is our job mm. so that we don't get these situations where all of a sudden the dog goes from growling to air snapping yeah if we are noticing these tiny little things i saw this oh this video today and i had to flip past it really quickly and it was it was on instagram and it was somewhere in I don't even know where it was. It wasn't specific, but they had these dogs behind. It wasn't a shelter. It was someone's home because the retriever had a jumper on. Um, And they they had two food bowls with milk and um, kibble in it. They let the retriever out. The retriever tripped over the door trying to get out and threw himself face first into this bowl and was like, like a crocodile. Yeah. Then they let a husky out. Oh, this this pair. So I've seen it, this same household, but with the husky out first. Ah. So they're obviously just consistently not testing that, that dog up to fail for Instagram. Brilliant. Sorry. I'll digress. I've never I don't know why it popped up on mine. It's not something I've ever followed. But the husky's come out and, you know, moved, didn't go to the bowl. Mm. So obviously this, this husky has learned, don't go anywhere near this dog. Yeah. The husky was probably about a metre and a half away. The retriever, split second. Now, if you slowed it down, you'd see it. Eyes turn to the husky, lunges at the husky and throws itself into the other bowl of food and rapidly inhales this food. Yeah. And the music behind it was, I don't know, some kind of jolly music. And I had to flick past. I was like, oh, my, this 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 is a recipe for disaster. Because that retriever is young. Yeah. Oh, look, that's a really sad. I'm really sad to even hear that because I've seen they're obviously making multiple videos uh, of this scenario because I've seen the opposite where the husky was just eating and then they let the retriever out and the retriever came out like an absolute cyclone and destroyed everything. Um, and the husky just like panicked and ran away. So... The thing is, there's different types of growl, as our friend earlier asked the question about play growls. And there's... Aaron. Hello. Aaron. And there's... Yeah, it's different types of, of growl. We get... 
even with like before we jump onto the play one, though, even with the kind of uh, growling to create distance, you get some growls that are very much like uh, you know, Otis, for example. He'll hear a noise outside, and his growl is like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, am I gonna have to protect yeah, the house now? I'm not gonna act on this, but I'm really uncomfortable right now. Yeah. And then there's other growls that are definitely like, "Fuck you, go away," and. Like, one is almost like an internal one, and one is definitely aimed at something else external. Yeah. And both of them are coming from a place of what we were talking about earlier about the bot dog feeling uncomfortable. Then you've got growls that happen in play. Mm. And they're completely different. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of like when, you know, kids scream in joy, right? You, yeah. can, you can have a child that screams in terror. You can also have a similar scream when they're so overexcited that they scream. Mm. It's understanding the dog themselves. So if you have, and Archie used to do it. We did a video at my place with him and a toy. So I I get where you're coming from, Erin, in terms of not understanding if, you know, if your dog has a toy and they're growling, what you need to really look at is, all of your dog Mm. you know if they want you to play and they're growling is the growl excitement growl is it come on play with me (laughs) or is it i'm gonna rip your face off if you take this toy so you need to have a dialogue with your dog if your dog moves towards you with your toy and they're growling if you move slightly towards them what do they do so you're having a question do you want me to play with this toy and if you see this then what they actually don't want you to do is grab the toy. Yeah, moving the head away. Yeah, move the head um, away, duck their head, do the side eye. Rigidity. So there's, yeah. like, you can also see, like, some dogs, they'll go rigid through, uh, and this is a playful one, so they'll go rigid, but almost through, just through their shoulders, mm. and they're like, pause, and their shoulders are frozen, but they're really saying... As soon as you do it, I'm going to tease you. And there's normally a looseness at the back end of the body there. Mm. Whereas if you saw rigidity through the shoulders, through the neck, through the spine and down the back legs, that dog's not playing. Yeah. So you've got to take, like any behavior, you've got to apply what else is the dog giving you in that moment? Because... If, if I hear a growl, uh, if I hear, I'll come on to, the, I've got a, a brilliant story about growl actually. It just comes to mind. Um, but if I hear a growl, I'm not going to automatically assume anything, um, consciously anyway, um, because I'm going to look at the, what else is the dog doing? Is there a softness to you? Mm. Are you avoiding me? Are you obviously teasing me? Mm. Are you really stressed and conflicted? Have we got whale eye? Have we got, you know, what else is the dog's body doing? Um, I have got a dog at the moment I'm working with and, oh man, it's so hard to read. It is one of the most confronting playgrounds I've ever heard. Uh, To the point where I panicked the other day when I went to pat it. Oh, wow. And she's like, I know logically... This dog, me and her have got an amazing relationship, and I know logically she growls when she greets people and when she's super happy. Yeah. Chape. And she, I was greeting her, and she let out the most guttural growl and put her paws on me, and I took a step back. I was like, oh, Pope, 
stop. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, okay. Even with my logical brain kicked in, my uh, fear of this growl was so instinctual. I'm like, oh, God, she's going to kill me. I'm right in her space. And she's a big dog. Yeah. Um, but she was over the moon and she's play bowing. And I'm like, oh, God, Bo, you, you gave me a fright. Like, literally took me five minutes to calm down. Like, my, my was like, I thought I was going to get smashed by a big dog. Yeah. But she does it with other dogs and it's bloody hard to read. Because other dogs, of course, are looking at her going, mate, you are speaking an alien language. Well, and then again, it's, you know, you do get some dogs that when they hear another dog growl, they what? hey, what? Yeah. Like, you, you came up to me and, and did <laughs> yeah. the play bow, mate. Like, you know, this is really conflicting. conflicting. I'm a little bit confused. So, you know, it's uh, defi- definitely the excitement growl, but I always feel a bit uncomfortable wondering if I'm encouraging growling. So you... I'm not necessarily encouraging growling, you, but sometimes we kind of have to get used to a dog's language. So Poe, let's use carry on with Poe the Sharpe for yeah. example. I can't train her not to growl because it's in her... It's part of her repertoire. Vocal repertoire. Um, and this is part of like living with um, anybody, but dogs is, dogs is no different. You kind of have to get used to their isms, their mannerisms, their personal things. Because, like, being English and moving to Australia, there's a lot of cultural similarities. There's a lot of cultural differences. Mm. And my tolerance of aggression is is completely different because of societal norms. Yeah. Right? And But that's also language patterns. Like, you go into like my friend's Italian house and it's loud and everyone's shouting at each other. And then you go into another friend's with a completely different cultural background and it's quiet and peaceful. And I mean, neither one's right, neither one's wrong. No. It's just a cultural difference of way of difference in communicating. And if that's your dog's way of communicating, you kind of have to, it doesn't mean you have to get over it immediately, but there's definitely something in the back of your mind you go, this is what they do. And I'm going to have to put myself in situations where I'm going to try to get used to this work without it being too jarring. But it's 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 understanding, right? This it's it's not. Um, if you go back, Erin, there we we did a video with my boy Archie um, where we discussed the communication of growling because it was something that he used to do, and he was actually doing a bit of growl before when I was rubbing him. So, and what we showed in that video was the difference between the growls between. Ian interacting with Archie and myself because it was a game Archie and I it just kind of happened out of nowhere he would you know grab a toy and then I'd sort of do this to see if he wanted to play and he'd go yeah and so when you're asking if you're encouraging growling and as Ian said it is part of the repertoire it was just it was our game that we played often so it's really understanding your dog and the dialogue that you two have and what it means for you. So it's it will be can be specific to yourself or, you know, if your particular dog can do that with, with everyone. But it was a really interesting test to see the difference between how Arch would respond to me and then how he would respond with Ian. And, it, and if we do have uh, a dog that has got growling in their play repertoire, it's not a problem, but it's a good thing to be aware of because, as we were saying with Poe, her around other dogs, her natural way of playing 
is to be extremely vocal in a way that others often find uncomfortable. And think of it like any other play style. So uh, a dog, like a, let's, I'm going to stereotype and breed profile here, but like a bull breed traditionally love rough and tumble play and the caregiver of a bull breed should, in my opinion, take responsibility for what situations they put them in so that they're not ruining other dogs' days. So, you know, don't go and take him to a dog park full of toy cavoodles <laughs> um, expecting that to go well because you've just got a completely different language. Yeah. Uh, like the, the greyhound that tries to get the antagonized the bulldogs to chase is also going to get a lot of frustration from that greyhound because it's just an incompatible playstyle. So, especially if the bull if the bull breed catches up with the greyhound. Yeah, that's right. Um, and so sometimes when you've got a dog that has got a trait, it's not trying to it's trying to not look at it through the lens of right and wrong. It's going okay. That's your preference. Mm. Let me accommodate that and make sure that I try to set you up to succeed as often as possible. And look, if the reality is as well, with all of our social interactions, not all of them go um, perfectly. And if the shit hits the fan and you end up, your dog ends up having a negative one, don't punish them for getting it wrong. Go, oh shit, the shit's hitting the fan. I'm going to just clean that up. It's not fun for anyone. It's not fun for you. It's not fun for your dog. It's probably not fun for the other person mm. or dog. But shit happens. And, you know, like, I will make blunders socially quite often. Um, and some people probably think I'm a dickhead. <laughs> but like, but it's, it's, it's again understanding who you have in front of you and putting them in situations where they're safe, everybody else is safe, their needs are being met. So, you know, whether it's putting, you know, and you see, like dog parks, we see it all the time, you know, seeing working breeds running around at 100 miles an hour and then you see this poor little dashy appear out of nowhere. It's like, oh, my God, he's going to be a speed hump. Mm. And people say, well, I just, you know, want to socialise them with big dogs. That's not how you do it, especially in a dog park when you've got dogs who are like, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Oh, my God, I don't actually like what you're saying. Oh, my God, why are you interrupting me? Like it's, you know, it's such a recipe for disaster. But, you know, even if, like, Eric, if you want to get a video and pop it up on the... Facebook page and we can have a look. Yeah. Like. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Basically, growling is just information. It's just the dog communicating. Could be communicating a few different things. Context really matters. Look at the body language. Don't punish a growl. Um, and that's growling. And that's growling. <laughs> that's why off-leash dog parks are so uncomfortable. Yeah, they're pretty sure. Yeah, look, yeah. Like, off-leash dog parks is like letting everybody speak at the UN meeting all at once. It's just going to Which go they wrong. try and do anyway. I mean, well, off league dog parks is basically question time in Parliament. Yeah. I feel like, it, I mean, I still love it. It's like, basically, it's a man-made On creation. On speed. Yeah. <laughs> it's a man-made creation with a bunch of strangers stood in the field. Yeah. It's going to go wrong which, at some point. Which is really made for the humans. It's yeah. more like social. I've got my coffee. Have you got your coffee? What is it? Would you like it? Oh, it's Pims! The amount of dogs I work with where I look at the situation, look at the dog in front of me and go, you couldn't pay me to take your dog to a dog park. Don't get me wrong. Some, not all of them. Some dogs are great. Some dogs really do enjoy it. Uh, but not all. And not many. You kind of just have to be a real social butterfly or more to the point, social unicorn 
Well, that's it. They're unicorns. Yeah. The unicorns are the ones that go down that should be in dog parks, and there's there's not any of them, unfortunately. But now we digress on the dog park, so mm-hmm. we're going to wrap it up there. Unless we're Another just going to read that. As a pet sitter, I'm always getting clients telling me. They're fine off lead, but I will never do that because they're not my dog. Correct. Very true. And what does and um, what does define fine? Yeah, yeah. And can you? you yeah, look. That's a, that's, that's for another day. That's look, for another day. Erin, we jump on a live every week. We're going to jump on another podcast next week, so yeah. uh, we can talk about that and context of cues and how mm. you know. Like, yeah, there's loads of loads of topics there. Thanks um, for your questions, though. Aaron. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll see you next week. See you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for this week, guys. If you ever want to ask questions, give feedback, or just provide some suggestions regarding the podcast, find me on Ian Shivers Dog Advocate on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. If you're feeling really generous, leave us a review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to this podcast on. And if you want to nerd out more with us, then find our sponsors because they're the ones that make all of this possible. See you next week. This episode is sponsored by Canine Caregivers. I've had so many people reach out to me over the years not knowing where to turn to online for reliable and consistent advice on how to raise a healthy and happy dog. The information out there is hard to navigate, it's hard to know who to trust and who not to trust, and frankly, some of it is just downright dangerous. That's why we created Canine Caregivers, a place where you can come and get educational resources and access a supportive community Founded on the care approach for people just like you, whether you've just brought a dog into your life or you've got a dog that is experiencing some unwanted behaviors. The content is updated regularly and we constantly keep in touch with our members to make sure that we are bringing relevant and up-to-date content that truly matters to you. There's different tiers of membership for different needs. So you can be sure that you don't have to break the bank to access the information that can literally make all the difference to the quality of life between you and your dog. Head to caninecaregivers.com.au to learn more.